full of blockage. When it comes to our bodies or the pipes in our house, we all know that having a blockage of any kind is never a good thing. Blockages prevent things from going forward. They can cause a whole host of problems and pain and added costs. We might not even realize what's happening until that point comes that it becomes a crisis and we have to respond to it. We have to address what it is that have now collected it together that's become stuck in the system. We have to break up what has ever come to form that blockage, preventing what's needed and what's necessary to have a path to flow through. And when it comes to the pathways of our minds, it may be even more difficult to realize and to recognize when they have become blocked by rigid ways of thinking, by certain attitudes or beliefs that we've acquired, maybe some of which we have gained over the years. As we think about how things are and when this happens we might not even fully realize that there is a problem we might not be able to even see that there is a blockage on our own we might not be able to see the ways that our thoughts or our attitudes or our perceptions or our experiences are blocking us and preventing something that is needed and necessary to be able to flow through. When it comes to our gospel for today, Jesus is now back in his hometown of Nazareth. After having been baptized, having had the spirit come upon him, and then by that same spirit being forced out into the wilderness where he endures temptations. And then, having come from this, the wilderness, we hear how now he is full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And as he returns home to his hometown of Nazareth and to the synagogue and of the people who know him so well, who have watched him grow up, he's asked to read of the scriptures. It's a great honor. And so as he goes forward and picks up the scroll and opens it, it falls to the part from the prophet Isaiah. Now the words that we actually hear Jesus read are from Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 2 and 58 verse 6. Words that clearly articulate his mission and his purpose, the work that he is going to be focused on and is going to begin as he starts his public ministry. He is bringing good news to the poor, release to those who are held captive, sight to those who are unable to see, freedom for those who are oppressed, and he is going to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now that last part is likely a reference to this idea in the Hebrew scriptures, our Old Testament, of a jubilee year, where every 50 years, 
there would be this return to set everything at a starting point again, both economically, socially, and even within the world, the earth that they live. Debts would be forgiven. If anyone owned land, it would be restored to the person who originally owned that piece of land. And if anyone was in servitude to another, their freedom would be granted. Now, while that is a beautiful image of what could be, of a way to just start over again and begin, kind of like when you're playing Monopoly with your family or your friends and all of a sudden over time, one person ends up with all of the properties and all of the, the cash from the bank and you decide, okay, let's just start a new game. Probably another day because you know how long Monopoly takes. But that's a little harder to do in real life when it's not just a board game. And so while that was a beautiful concept, it was one that never fully came into practice. And so as people thought about it, they started to put it off to the future, to having it be something that God would bring about, that it would be this hope for the end, when God would restore everything back to how it was envisioned at the very beginning of the world. A pretty radical concept, especially for those who had acquired much or who had worked hard for what they had come to receive and benefit from and who had come to a place of belief about the world, about those around them, and even about God. Now, turning back to our story for today, I can only imagine the people in the synagogue that day. They are beaming. This is the boy that they have watched grow up, and now here he is. He is teaching and preaching, and he is back among us, and he has this amazing power and gift to be able to heal people in physical ways that they so, so, so long for. He is finally going to be the one that will put us on the map. Because you probably remember uh, Nathaniel was the one that had asked, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? Nazareth, by the way, was this area that where they had Phoenicians who were living to the north of them, Samaritans who were living to the south of them, Greeks to the west of them, and they were a three days walk from Jerusalem, where the temple was, where all of um, just the center of their faith was. And so it was no wonder why people thought, could any good come out of Nazareth? Finally, now something has in the person of Jesus. Finally, people thought, we are going to have a good, strong, young leader of our own to preach and teach and to heal our people and to make known how great Nazareth is. He's going to be the one who is going to be able to 
do amazing, miraculous deeds of power for all the world to see. He's going to be able to put words of judgment upon all of those pagans, those good-for-nothing Gentiles, foreigners living in our promised land. But instead of doing any miracle or speaking a hard word toward any of Nazareth's neighbors, Jesus goes on to tell them about a time in which there were many widows living in Israel with no means of support without their husband and a severe famine fell over the land and the prophet Elijah was not was sent not to any of them but to a foreigner a non-Jewish person this widow at Zarephath and if that wasn't enough insult to hear in the synagogue that day. Jesus goes on to mention how Naaman the Syrian had been cleansed of his leprosy instead of all of the many Jewish lepers who lived during the time of the prophet Elisha. And the people turned immediately upon Jesus. They went from praising Jesus about how great he was to instantly becoming this angry mob wanting to run him out of the synagogue, run him up to the hill of their community, pushing, pushing him off a cliff. When in reality, they were so stuck in their own mind, and they didn't even realize it. They didn't even see that God's favor was not exclusively theirs. They didn't even see all of the stories in the scriptures of a God who also extends love and mercy and grace to those who weren't Jewish who were outside of the faith, who were outside of the region, who were the foreigners, who weren't just Jewish. They don't see how they have become stuck in the place where they are at and in the way that they think and in the way that they see the world and see God. Now we'll stop there as you're gonna hear the rest of that story. And then what happens next week? Let's go first back to the, the beginning part of this story. You don't always recognize when you are full of a blockage. You can't always see how your experiences and those thoughts and opinions start to collect over time into becoming something that makes it really hard for other ideas and ways and perspectives to also be able to come through. You start to become stuck. You start to become stuck in trying to do the same old things, the same old ways, and wondering why it's not working, wondering why nothing changes. Sometimes you don't always want to hear what you don't want to hear. Isn't it interesting how 
There's something inherent about our human nature that so often causes us to resist any amount of change, even when it would be for our own good. It can be so hard for, for us to hear someone speaking to us the truth, even the truth that we need to hear, the constructive criticism, the reality check, the vision put back on track as it was first imagined by the one who had created it in the beginning. It can be so hard for us. But the more that we are filled with blockages of how we think the things have to be in our lives and around us, of how they have to look, and the more that we try to fit into those rigid spaces, the less able we are to keep the life-giving and the life-necessary components moving through us, helping us to keep moving forward with our living and our faith. It is so hard to work on clearing out those blockages, even preventing them in the first place from happening in our faith and our life. But trust that if you are feeling a little backed up right now or a little stuck, a little unable to hear what you don't want to hear, then trust that God is a God of life and who wants all of us to be able to experience the fullness of that life, the joy of that life, the energy that life creates and brings to us. God doesn't want any of us to be stuck or struggling or in pain or fearing the outcome of that which we can't see or denying the truth when it's spoken to us in love. And yet, God knows how hard blockages can become over time. It'd be easy for any of us to want to hurl someone off a cliff if they try telling us something that we're not able to hear. We're not ready to hear. We're afraid to hear. But if we do that, then we still remain full of blockage. What is it that's feeling hard in your life right now? What is it that you have heard recently, a truth spoken that has been difficult for you? When do you find yourself thinking that something has to be a certain way? And what does that do within you? We can do two things. We can deny that there is any blockage in our spiritual lives or our physical lives. Or two, we can take a step back and take a hard look and examine is there anything that is preventing us from experiencing this life-giving, life-moving? 
aspect that God wants us to experience, that God wants us to know. And if we do that, then we can also take a little time to kind of think about these questions, to reflect on them and to explore more deeply how we're feeling, how we're thinking, whether or not there's anything that gets in our way that prevents us from doing something a little unexpected, something maybe we haven't done before. We can also talk to someone around us, talk to someone we trust, get a little perspective from them to be able to help us see what we can't see ourselves. And most of all, we can pray. We can pray and we can pray and we can pray and we can pray asking God to send the power of the Holy Spirit to move through us, to break up any blockage within our hearts or within our minds that prevents us from being able to be filled with this life that God has envisioned for us, a God who has come to bring good news to all of us, a God who is life and who wants us to experience the depth of that life, the depth of the joy and the energy that it brings, and a God who so often speaks not always what we want to hear, but what we need to hear, but always out of love for us.